No, remember Hunter said that he's I, not, I'm not going gonna to do it he's a not ton. going to celebrate. I'm yeah. not going to do a Ready? ton of them. Okay. Ready? Dang it, dude. It's my fault. It's me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, frick! Dang it. That was such a waste of everything. I'm really sorry. I don't Welcome know. Welcome into the Bogey Bro birthday banter. Oh. Guess his birthday in the comments. Yeah, guess who. Just guess who's in the comments. It's Trevor. He's 35. <laughs> How old are you actually? 22? 21? You just turned 19? <laughs> <laughs> No, we should make him guess. Guess how old Trevor is in the comments. Yeah. I'm 27. No, he's 32. Uh, I think he's 65. I don't think we're, we should ever be allowed to say what age we really are. I mean, I'm sure it's people already... Can people it. can find it, but it's way funnier. I wonder... You know you've made it when you can Google, like, what is Trevor Stahl's birthday? Oh. Yeah, see if you can Google it. Because, like, that's how I find Brody's birthday. I'm not going to pop up, but that's, I don't have a Google page. He doesn't either. You're 23. Not. Dang. <laughs> that, that's my baseball recruiting profile. That's the first thing ah, that came ah, up. Ah, you're 39. You're born 1983. That's it. You're from Maryland? Yeah. All right, there he is. Merry man from Maryland. Because if you search Brody, it just pulls from like a different site. Well, it, but it, he has a Google, like a Wikipedia, and like Google like likes to pull from Wikipedia. No, it's a. Uh, I don't think it's from his Wikipedia. Or is it famousbirthdays.com or something? Actually, it might be from Wikipedia. Yeah. Because his just comes up and tells you his exact birthday. Yeah, we're not that. We're not that. It's cool. from Famous Birthdays. Can somebody make us Wikipedia pages? Just so we can have that birthday Google thing? I don't care what it says. You can just slander me. <laughs> you can say. <laughs> yeah, you're not on Famous Birthdays. You can birthdays. say I'm an alien from the planet Zorg. You're not on Famous Look birthdays, up my Trevor. birthday on Famous Birthdays. Though. I so just you, did. So you know, see who else is on there. Oh, two. I feel like we like need. That? I feel like. I don't know. Oh, there we go. George Washington. Number one, baby. Jacob Day is number two. I don't know who that <laughs> I don't is. I know who that is. Anybody else interesting on there? I know Rajon Rondo is also. Steve Irwin. Ooh. Wow. Same birthday as Steve? That's some important Drew, people. Drew Barrymore. I mean, a little bit overrated. Drew Barry. <laughs> I want more. That's the stupidest song that this country's ever See. seen. Dr. J. Hey, that's pretty cool. You mean Dr. Dre? No. Nope. Julius Irving. Dre by Beats. Rajon Rondo. Steve yeah, I knew Irwin, I had Rondo. Dude. I love Steve Irwin. I've always had Rondo. I miss him every day. You've always had all these people. I so miss Steve, Steve Irwin every day. Steve, so Steve Irwin and George Washington, that was like the best that I've got. I miss Steve Irwin every single day of my life. Let me life. see my birthday. And now Ken Block too. I miss Steve Irwin. I had the and same birthday as Mr. Beast. That trumps Dang. George Washington. What about mine? I also had the same birthday as Tommy Fury and Jay Balvin. Try me, try me. That's crazy. Mr. Beast, that's dope, dude. Do you know my birthday, Hunter? Yeah. Wow. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh! oh that's sick. That David Beckham. Ooh, Dang. Ben, I'm bending it like Beckham. Dude, you got good genetics bam, on your bam. birthday. Bam, bam. I don't, I don't know who that, that is. is. Mr. Nightmare. Oh! Uh, Mr. Nightmare, bro? Paul George? Paul George. I know Paul. Boy George. Did you know anyone can find anything about you on the internet, including your full legal name, your personal email, home address, phone number, and even your relatives? What? This information is accessible because of data brokers who profit by selling your information to robocallers, telemarketers, spammers, and anyone else that wants to learn more about you. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura will identify data brokers that are exposing your information and automatically submit opt-out requests on your behalf. What's our link? Aura.com slash what? Do we have? Um, well, surely we have one. It's probably just Foundation Disc Golf. Yeah, slash foundation disc golf. They'll even opt you out of junk mail and telemarketing lists. You can use our link, aura.com slash foundation disc golf to try two weeks for free and see how many data brokers are sharing your information. It's also linked in the description or you can scan the QR code on the screen right now. Aura also monitors your emails and passwords to see if they were involved in a data breach and exposed to the dark web and gives you recommendations on what to do. They also feature a VPN, password manager, real-time credit and identity theft monitoring, internet parent parental controls and protection devices from malware as a lot aura has almost every internet safety tool you'll ever need all inside one app so let aura do the hard work keeping you safe online if you sign up right now they'll give you a two-week free trial with our link you'll be shocked at how much of your information you find out there over those two weeks so go to aura.com slash foundation disc golf to start your free trial it's also linked in our description below or you can scan the qr code on the screen thanks again to aura for sponsoring today's episode yeah I don't know anyone else on here. I gotta say, well, whoever invented the website Famous Birthdays is a genius because they took data that was already very public and out there and rerouted it into this website that is just collecting Google AdSense out the butt 
like it such a brilliant idea and I don't know if it's as popular anymore but I know people used to use it a lot and like it makes you wonder what other like whatever what other amounts of like what famous birthdays website should we create where it's information that's already out there it's public knowledge we put it all in one spot and people are going to want to google it it's got to be something that like pertains to you it's well it's like it's also like people it's like the websites that have like what every day is as like the the Holidays. national holiday day or no not national but whatever like today's hot dog day like that kind of thing like what website are we making like those um pdga number Huh? <laughs> Explain that one. Who a little do you have the same? Who do you have the same PDGA number as? <laughs> who mm. the PDGA numbers that are next to you? Like for maybe like seven seven eight zero eight and seven seven eight zero. Or like, six. or even like who signed up on like who signed up on your day? Yeah, that could be. Now that could actually be interesting. See? Wait a second, because like there are a lot of pros. But do we have that data? No. Well, well, yeah, PDGA has it though. We'd have Somewhere. to get it from them, but. But if they, yeah, like they, they surely could figure, figure it out. Intellectual prop, property claim. Intellectual property claim. You could also search everyone that's ever played a certain tournament. I, I'd honestly wonder if my PDGA, like if I still have an email from the PDGA from when I very first signed up, like if I used my current email, like if I go all Can't the way. Can't I log in? It just tells you member since a year. I can't believe that. Well, yeah, so- but I just want to know like to the day. Here it is. Oh, this is where we're, oh, it's still searching. So I renewed in 2015. I'm a member since 2015. Ugh, I gotta go, Let me log in. I gotta go way back. I can't believe I have the same birthday as John the Rock Dwayneson. The oldest everything. The oldest email I have is from 2015, and it was me renewing. Um, that was the year I signed up. This was the year after. This was like my second year, and this was April. This was April 15th, so I probably signed up in April of 2014. Um. Like, what were they talking about? The inaugural St. Jude Charity Dis- Invitational event coming next month. That was on this email. That's, I remember that. That's, that's where Didn't Bradley William kick, some, kick a basket over at that? I don't know. Um, let me see. Wow, dude. That's exciting. Trevor, may I ask you a question? You may ask me that question. What do you want for your birthday? Um, here, let me, let me go ahead and give you some those sweat backstory pants. here. I want those sweatpants. You have these sweatpants. I want it, yours. Okay, I'm going to keep it off my camera angle for a second. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> this is very... Anyway, go ahead, Hunter. I don't have anything to say. I'm just not looking over there. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just be a professional and say what you're going to say. I don't know. I don't have... Thank you. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> Uh, Continue. I, <laughs> I can't find. Uh, I can't. It doesn't have. <laughs> Why aren't you looking at me, Hunter? <laughs> doesn't have the. Uh, He's flustered, dude. He doesn't know what to do around us, man. It doesn't have my order date. Just bantering, man. I was hoping it's gonna have my order date of like when I when I signed up on PGA. Thank you. You have him back now for until later. I'll take it back. It doesn't say when you when your sign up date was. No, I signed into my account. I, I, I genuinely like we we joke, but I genuinely think that actually could be a cool one because imagine being like, oh my gosh, like I signed up the same day as Gannon Burr, like is he he probably Gannon Burr probably signed up a similar timeline to when I did. I would imagine. What's his PDJ number? Oh, that's a good. Oh yeah, that's I how guess. you can just look it up. Oh yeah. Okay, so let's look in the let's here's what we'll do. Let's look in the pro field. Of the next tournament and see which pro has the closest to each of us, and see like who our our uh, our closest ones are. Because that's that would be the best way to do. So let's see, PDJ number. I need to go to sixty three thousand. I can't see their PDJ numbers. Yeah, you can. It's right there. No, I'm an idiot. Oh wow. Okay, so I have one that is like very, very close. So I'm six. I have a couple. Six three four one five is mine. Andrew Presno is six three seven six five. So he's like a few. Oh, hundred I'm off. mighty close to Gannon Burr. Are you? Gannon Burr is seven five four one two. I'm seven seven eight zero seven. Okay, is that the closest to you? No, the closest to me would be either Albert Tam or Charlie Moore. Albert Tam yeah. seven six 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 nine. What's yours, Connor? Like one one three or something? No, it's earlier than that. No, he was in the hundred. I thought mine was six, no, he was six six zero. Yeah, he was not in the hundred thousand. Hold on, let me find it for you. 
I think mine ends with six six zero. Yours is oh, it is one one three six six zero. How did yeah. I? I knew the first part. You knew the second part. Wow, uh, perfect. So match. you're between Chris Pates and Jeffrey McCormick. Oh, sick. <laughs> Ezra Aderhole signed up after you. Ooh, after me and Brody yeah. and Jeff after wow. me. Yeah, yeah. Like what? A, and Chandler Kramer. I'm better than Ezra. What? I could throw further than Ezra. Dang, what? Jake Brown is only he signed up that late and he's that good. Oh, that's gosh. crazy. I didn't know I had bigger muscles than Ezra. Yeah, that's actually basically what that means. Um, PJ, Trevor, what? Back to this whole birthday thing. Yeah. So, I want to get you something for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Let's not go crazy here, okay? I'm not a bajillionaire. Mm-hmm. But I want to get you something to give you. It's not going to be given to you today because I don't have it. But I would figured whenever we play golf on Chris Friday, not playing Vegas, that punk. On Friday, I would give it to you then. Uh huh. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to give you. you but can, you give me like a new ball marker for golf. That'd be electric. Like a golf related gift would be like. I thought about going to Plato's Closet. Yeah, oh, and just, just getting you picking you something out that I think that you wouldn't pick out for yourself, but I, but is really cool. That is honestly the. Honestly, as a Connor gift, that would be the best gift you could give. What me. are your what what shoe size do you wear? Eleven and a half. I would go anywhere from eleven to twelve. Anywhere 11 to 12. in that range. Okay, that's. I feel like I always see really cool shoes. Yeah, for the, I do for pretty well size. there. And then, uh, but like medium or large for upper? Uh larger XL. Okay, like because I XL because I'll wear it a little bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. It is bulking right. season. It's not. What's uh, but and I don't medium for the pants. That was medium, okay. Cough. All right. What about what if we're talking real pants sizes? I'm like a 33 waist. You know what sucks? Okay. I went to Men's Warehouse yesterday to get fitted for my friend's wedding. Stout. Yeah. That's, and I walk that's in tough. And I we, hate going there. We uh, <laughs> I start getting fitted, and she asked me what pants size I wear. I said I'm a 33, 32. Yeah, I'm like the same. And she's like, okay. And she goes, now Stout did select extreme slim. Oh, okay. Heck, I was like, yeah. I was like, I mean, I, whatever he selected is fine. I bet you looked hot as crap. She's like, okay, so she gets me the Extreme 33, slim? 34, 35. Extreme slim just still isn't skinny. Though, so you do remember that's still not crazy. That's true. That's true. Well, because so I put say skinny, them on skinny. Waist, easy. Knee down, easy. But even fine. Thigh, I mean, it might have been, it might as well have been a rubber band. And dress pants, yeah, they don't stretch. They don't. They don't. No. So I slide. No, yeah. I put them on. And I'm like. You're I not, can't move. You're not moving. Yeah. I had to tie my shoe after. Oh, brutal. So I like start to bend down. I was like, if I bend down and tie my shoe, I'm ripping these pants. So I had to straight leg bend over and tie my shoe. And I walked out. She's like, how's everything fit? I was like, uh, everything fits fine. Um, <laughs> the pants are way too tight on the thighs. And she's like, oh, okay. So we'll just have to go size up. So I'm in 35 to th- or uh, 36 to 38 pants. Mm-hmm. So baggy on the waist. Yeah. But they fit the thighs. Fit I texted the Stout and I was like, Extreme slim, you madman. And he said, that makes a lot of sense. I had to wear a size 42 pants and I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> That's funny. Because he has, that he has, is, that is he has the same thing as me. Yeah. Like, he, he used got, to he get under um, thighs. He used to get it was, a, legs. it was a brand called like Barbells. Stout's a lifter. Barbell something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was basically like powerlifting jeans because they were built to be uh, like fit your waist normal, but then be big in the thigh area. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. at that's how I feel when I put on any slimmer jeans. Because like I have my um on my American face. Eagle jeans. Those I wear give. the like those will stretch. Well, I wear the they're like skinniest cut on my light blue jeans, mm-hmm. but they have that like AE flex or whatever. Yeah, they so like I get I guarantee you it's not the skinniest cut. Because they got have you you wear extreme skinny? I think so. Yeah. Oh dang, dude! I bet you look good in them things. Oh, let me look it up. I think I I think the ones I have are the second skinniest cut. They're like just they're skinny, but they're not extreme skinny. I always go extreme skinnies, but it's they don't look ridiculous. They, they don't look super tight on me because I don't have I don't have that. I don't have huge legs, so like it, they're not like ridiculously tight on me. Yeah. I also like my waist. I'm the opposite thing where like my waist is bigger and my uh, legs aren't super big. So yeah, there's no there's no worse feeling. I the suit that I uh, always have and still wear a lot. The pants are really fit me perfect, but the jacket is like I can't find not it. quite perfect around the shoulder. So if I get a little too aggressive, it's a little tight back there. I'm I never, don't own a suit anymore. I've never wore a suit from Men's Warehouse that I liked, but it's it's not doesn't have to do with Men's Warehouse. It's usually the person <laughs> that picks it. The one that uh, the one I got <laughs> married in, I liked. 
I I like I just hate I, going to I hate going to a wedding and being in the wedding because like I look way better if I just attend a wedding than whenever I'm in a wedding because whenever I'm in a freaking wedding I'm just wearing the widest pants that I've ever seen in my life I could jump out of a plane and be safe because they would fully inflate and drop me to the ground oh my gosh I I've never it. had that problem I, I think all, the only, all my friends all go like the skinniest like slimmest cut you can get the only wedding I was ever in I was like. 15 years old is my uncle's wedding he uh and he did like a really simple look because he actually got married um him and his wife met at well they met working on the disney cruise line but then they worked together at this camp in in north carolina called camp harrison gorgeous mm-hmm. camp they got married at like this overlook pavilion thing so it was like they wanted like a casual look for the for like the guys and so they did sort of like khaki slacks like a white dress shirt and like these cardigans um, mm. I mean, it was 2015. Um, but anyways, so I didn't, I just had to wear khaki pants. I didn't have to wear dress pants. So I, I've never had to been styled into a suit for a wedding other than my own. I've been in four weddings in the past two years. Yeah. You've been, you've been getting busy. All of my friends that have invited me to be three, years like, maybe. like if I was going to be in a wedding, they all live like all over the country. Like the kids I met in college. Mm. I mean, we're talking like Michigan, Back home in PA, Texas, like all over the place. So that's tough, man. You meet all these kids in college. You know, one time I like going to weddings, though. I do. I like I, I like being there. It's fun. Um, I this one time I was a freshman in college, and there was this Halloween party in like one of the the classrooms got rented out for it. Whatever. It was just this and like this I, is where this is for what it was at it was at college in college. Okay. And um, I I like ducked out pretty early because I didn't like it was a hall party situation mm-hmm. like yeah. brother sister dorm type situation. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't really whatever. And one of the older guys in our hall, one of the wiser guys, was uh was also leaving. We were in the elevator together, and like I, this is a nice guy. He was in like one of my CGL groups, and he was like, "Hey, man." And I was like, we were like talking about how like we both just kind of wanted to get out of there. Like didn't really feel like mingling with that mm-hmm. group. And he was like, I'm going to give you some advice. He's like, here's the thing about college and freshman year in particular. He's like, your freshman year, there is an opportunity for you to make like a million friends. But here's what's going to happen to you. For the next four years, you're going to have to say hi to them every time you pass them. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, he was like, And then you're going to have like a hundred people that you have to say hi to. You can't just walk past them. He's like, just don't do it, man. And uh, I thought <laughs> that was I thought like, that was really funny. The, that's like the best bad advice I've ever heard. I know. Well, it's like you funny because I, I, I loved like it's knowing hilarious. everybody. Like that was yeah. kind of my vibe. Like I love being able to walk down the hall and be like, hey, man, hey, man. But like I just thought that was so funny. Like this guy was like, just don't do it. Just like, just don't do it that, that is hilarious i remember that, that probably would my advice if you're watching this caleb i believe was his name um hope everything's going well <laughs> he was a really <laughs> nah, nice dude. guy though you haven't heard about caleb no dude he was a cool guy <laughs> real job situation Don't remember his last guy. Name. we the <laughs> upper like there was this group of guys on our hall that he was a part of that was like <clears throat> considered like they were the a lot of the the halls like that I was on, especially my freshman year, were halls that were primarily younger kids because like we had first choice as a freshman. So like we snagged that hall. It was 25 one mm-hmm. on the circle. And so like there was this one group of like upperclassmen, like seniors that were like all kind of seemed above it a little bit. And, and they were like everybody called them the wolf pack. <laughs> there was like six of them and like nobody associated with them really. They were all just kind of did their own thing. What was they Caleb's were, like, last name? They're like grown men. Kern. No, gosh, wow, dude. I want to say. Smile. I want to say it was like. <laughs> sorry, I was trying to think. No, I, not you. I said it looked at Connor. I'm sorry. I was locked into. I want to say sorry. it was like. I want to say it could have been Caleb Nash, potentially. Uh, I yeah. can't. There's remember. a lot of Caleb's. That, there's a lot of. Caleb's I know he was. A, he was a really nice guy, and he actually that name sounds really familiar. He was working for like Nabisco, I knew, dude. I knew he, a Caleb Tarpley. You know Caleb Tarpley? No, I, I think this guy was working for like Nabisco. Think the Oreos? You ever? Do you know Caleb Pern? Have you ever heard that name? Mm-hmm. Oh, do I? Yeah, it's too many Caleb Nashes. I wonder if I follow him on anything. I don't know, dude. I Hunter, I told Trevor this yesterday. Uh huh. I found whenever my band did our concert in college. Yeah. My friend's dad like videoed all of it, and he put it in a Dropbox folder. Okay. And yeah, he, I was there. I was there when you told him. Yeah, and I found that Dropbox folder and realized that we did. What's that song called, Trevor? Um, drag drag me, down. me down by One Direction, and that was just like it was a very sobering re- memory. 
that I was sitting there and I listened to the song and I was like, we covered a One Direction song at a rock concert. That's hilarious. Like, was his name? I'm like doubting if his name is even Caleb at this point. I feel like we're LinkedIn connected. You're linked? You're LinkedIn, man? I'm scared now. I've never been on Lincoln. I don't is it cool? His name. Lincoln Park? Lincoln You've never is, been on Lincoln. Lincoln's awesome, dude. But it's not, I mean, it's not incredibly useful in the disc golf world yet because there's not a ton of people on there. But I used it last night to <coughs> yeah, vet never. somebody. Dang, dude. Took yeah. You found a vet? vet? If you, you want to take him to like a. Here's what I'll tell you about LinkedIn is if you want to find out if somebody is like if they like work in certain industries and you want to find out what they're about like if they're legit oh they i want to know then just look at their linkedin profile and you'll find out pretty quick every time like, i type it in linkedin i never get anything mm, if you have a very um a seriously well set up linkedin profile then I, my trust level just like goes up and that and could be false trust i better get on that you might just be a fraud but LinkedIn.com. well but you also can have people like um endorse you on LinkedIn. Like you can have people like endorse yeah. certain like Skills. traits of yourself. And so if you got good endorsements on there too. Dang dude. Yeah, man. LinkedIn is, you better know that if I had a, a link, if I had a LinkedIn account, then I would be, I'd be so endorsed on there. Yeah. LinkedIn is the lifeblood of the, of the B and B industry, the Airbnb industry, the bed and breakfast industry. If you will. the baby industry, I was making a Gerber. I was making an office joke. What is it that Dwight says is the, the lifeblood of the B&B. Uh, was it Yelp? No. No, it was like, tra- what was it? What was it? Some type of review website. Yeah. It was trip review? Like- was it trip review? Yes. Trip it, review, I think yeah. it was trip review. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Come on, guys. I watched that show. <clears throat> All right. I mean, we're 20 minutes into this, and we haven't even talked about the only thing that we need to talk about, which is the sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. What the heck are we doing here? I mean, Hunter's just been over look at, there. Everybody look at what be. Hunter's got on. Like a little field well, I wasn't going to just bring it up myself. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm fine going the whole show and not talking about that it. That would have been really funny if that like, been Connor and I would have had a bit that we're just like, hey, let's not let Hunter <laughs> I was talk. never going to bring it up. Just I, aware. I forgot to. That honestly could have been potentially more funny if you were just wearing the hoodie and just the whole time it. and people were just waiting. And for you audio listeners, Hunter is wearing a hoodie that proudly says, "I finished on Fortitude Hill." I told y'all that they made this. That's awesome. Yes, but that means that I, you know, you know, because you listened to the last episode, you know that that means that Hunter indeed I finished finished on, on Fortitude, Fortitude Hill. Hill. He did finish. First off, did you meet Jim? Stop. Find out who Jim Stop. is. Stop. Did not, I did not meet Jim. They actually we didn't finish indoors. Oh. oh, the reviews must have been from a previous race. Cool a- after the race, I heard Sarah who be like, "I'm so glad we don't run into run, finish inside anymore." And I was yeah. like, "Wow, what the frick?" I wanted, mm. Like that was all I wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> I can't say that and look at Connor because he. What just, I didn't do? You broke. You That's broke. not true. I've never broken. Um, no, it was uh, it was awesome. Broke back. Um, Both wrecked. Uh, it was nowhere near as bad as I expected. Which was Hunter, great. just give us the deets. Everybody wants so, to know the dirty. Give deets. us the juicy deets, man. So, give us the juice. It's st- so juice my deets, dude. Come on. Morning of, I we showed up, parked, walked across the street, and when I get in the field, there was like a somewhat. Some people were very intimidating because uh-huh. you had your like, oh sure, super serious. Like it was like thirty five degrees. You were serious. It was like thirty five degrees, but the people who were there to like win this thing mm-hmm. were already had ran, already broke a sweat, and they're in like their track tank tops and the shortest shorts you've ever seen, and mm. like that's it. They're ready to rock and roll. And I was like, "How are you surviving?" Because well, they're, they're runner shaped to where they look like they're just made out of muscular bones. Yeah, that's that's all they were made of. <laughs> I was in like I had a thermal base layer, so like my like thermal pants and up and uh, what is freaking compression shirt? I wonder if they're using. So I heard in the NFL. Like the secret, you see all those guys like that are wearing no sleeves, yeah, and in the freezing cold. And the secret apparently is this like Tiger Balm stuff that they put. Oh, that on, makes sense. And it basically gives them a little layer. That from would make the sense. like an otter. So I'm wondering if that's that the could thing be some otter. Well, up. The one guy, I'd also believe that they're just crazy. I was say, the guy that won, he by the time I saw him, he had already ran seven miles <laughs> before the race even started. He Dude's ran an seven animal. Miles he ran a six. Six and a half mile warm up. Well, at his at like pace, bro. Pace. Yeah, I say at crazy. his pace, that's less than an hour. He's just yeah, he, so the guy who won ran bizarre. ran the entire thing in an hour and nine minutes at a five twenty two mile pace. <laughs> that's that awesome. is so like, I, bizarre. I don't think I can physically sprint that. That fast. is so awesome. <laughs> I saw him. Uh, that is sprinting as basically as fast as you can for us for a normal for, yeah. For, well, but like so, Elliot ten Kip, miles. Kipchoge, what's his name? Kipchoge. Is it ten it, miles? Oh, the, the Thirteen point one. Thirteen point one mile sprinting. Basically, as fast so as so the can. fastest marathon runner of all time, 
Uh, he runs it at like a four. He runs four, it like a four minute some pace. Yeah. So for a marathon, crazy. And there's like a, there, twice as long. You'll see like he's a, the, he did. I think he did a sub two hour marathon. There's a museum he? that has a treadmill where you try to you can try and hop on and it's set to his marathon pace. No, and people way. can't run it for more than like ten seconds. Like, they fall over. Elite That's runners so can crazy. only run it like I've seen minute. like elite runners get on there and run it for like. Two minutes because it's an, it is a it, it is he a did it for an and hour, that's what something propelling a, your feet for you. Yeah. Too. It's yeah. a very elite mile pace. Like it's a very yeah. and he runs it for twenty six. And when that he runs so it, his, his running form is like so good that he just like cruises. Oh, he's just gliding. Like yeah. he's like dude, just gliding. That is so crazy. That was not how the guy who he got, ran is, this, is he tall? Is he a tall guy? Real long he's legs? Long. Yeah, long yeah. legs. The guy who won this race, he was not gliding. He, he, he was he fighting. Had, he, was he had pain in his face. He was like. That's what I'm he was about, running away dude. from something. That dude runs. To, that dude. <laughs> that trying, dude runs to not deal with something. He away from in his himself, life. dude. He's yeah. been trying to outrun his demons for years and just turned it into a he, hobby. That dude runs to get away from something. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome, dude. So we, I'm running is the only time that the voice is. We stop. got to. <laughs> we get to the field and they had us like line up in the field and um, then the dude, drum what if, line. What if Goggins walked us there? Out. That would have been intense. Daniel, well, so they Daniel? did have. So it was a Daniel Goggins half marathon. Um, and ruck, which I didn't know what a ruck was, but what it's the heck where is a ruck, dude. What the like ruck is that? Weighted, <laughs> yeah. The weighted backpack. Oh, that's oh. Nice. so there was the person who I actually paced myself with was rucking. They were rucking. <laughs> um, so he he had a weighted backpack on, but I could tell. I looked stupid. at his legs. I looked at his legs and him, and I was like, "That ain't, this isn't this guy's first rodeo." After the race, I learned he's ran twenty marathons. Swag. Dude. So that he was just is like, he what fitting what? in those extra slims? Oh, heck no, out. dude, he can't. No, he, he's a runner. He's running so he, bro. This is his leg. Uh, but no, so, and then there was, there was some like, uh, there was a few like army ROTC guys that had like the full army pack and like the boots and they weren't running. They were like fast march. So mm. like I passed them during like the first a few hundred feet. That's and I was awesome. like, that's going to be insane. Well, there's a base like, right. There's a base right there. Yeah. So yeah. We're like, in Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so the drum line like led us to the start line and then I was like trying to find That's really where cool. I wanted to yeah, be because typically when I start a race I burn a lot of energy passing people. I mean were you were you pumped at this Oh point? my heart rate was probably the highest at like, the start. Yeah, you had to be just right, uh, main, of mainly like you just being nervous. Oh so nervous. Oh dude. I, well because like I get to be fired up man. I knew I, miss I was going to get to like mile 9 or 10 uh-huh. no doubt. But I was like those next 3 miles I don't know how much energy I need. Like I you don't know what I need. You got to fight. And so I just got to the back. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to just get to the back and I'm going to just start slow and I'm going to let everyone sort themselves out and then yeah. I'll pass people if I need to pass people. What nice. flavor Gatorade gels are we going into this with? Yeah, I had, I took a mango before, Give vanilla 15 minutes before. I had an apple pear and a mango on me. So as neither of your no two vanilla. favorite flavors. It was great. They were, they no, were vanilla fine. was a second favorite, bro. Yeah, I know, but it's not right for a race though. You're no, but they, I, I felt fine with it. <laughs> um, okay, and I brought you. my own water. I didn't, I didn't use their water. Mm. You're holstered up? Yeah, because that's how I trained, and so I yeah. didn't want to. And it was a good. You good practice call. how you play. So you play how you we practice. We start the race starts in downtown Colonial Williamsburg, and you like went through the downtown completely flat for the first. I say that had to be the most maybe like three enchanting miles. part of the I line. I can actually like tell my elevation profile. I was thinking when I was thinking about your run, I was thinking like those first few miles downtown. That's a great time. Yeah, the first three mm-hmm. miles super easy. I was going slow. Yeah, I was going like ten fifty pace. It looks You're having like. the time of your life. <laughs> super easy. I passed a few people that I was like. <laughs> Uh, that's when I actually on mile three is when I found the guy and I decided I'm pacing myself with him because he was running like the same pace as me and I could tell he wasn't going to stop running a lot of people running that pace at the start you could you could tell like they're not going to run this whole thing Mm -hmm. he I was like he's going to run this whole thing so I'm gonna pace myself with him until he runs too fast and I ended up passing him mile like 11 so I stayed with him for like eight mile stretch. I just, me and him, I was behind him. Wow, that's And then smart. there was uh, one other group, one other, uh, when I was like at mile four, this girl stopped the tire shoe and then got behind me and then passed me at like mile six. And I stayed with her till mile 12. So like okay. us three, she apparently knew the guy. Yep. I learned that after the race too. Our squad. I just followed her, yeah. followed her slash him because they would pass each other back and forth a little bit and I just stayed behind him. I was like 50 feet behind him the whole time. I was like, here we go. Stalking them. Um, because I was like, they know, they both looked like they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, they know how to pace themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. So I'm going to pace myself with them. Good call. Um, so first few miles. Well, then once you get to mile, about mile like three and a half ish, 
is when you get on the road, because I looked up the road names and everything. I knew the course decently well, but I didn't know what the course was going to look like. But you got on this like South England street or whatever, and that's what you're on until mile like 12. So once you get on it, you just go out and back. Mm-hmm. So once I got on it, what it allowed me to do was I would go down like around mile four. I went down this pretty big hill, and then I went up, and then I went down this huge hill. And at the bottom of this huge hill, I saw on the other side of the street the 12-mile mark. So I mentally noted, as soon as I finish mile 12, there's a massive hill. So I need to be prepared for that. This guy is smart. Well, then you just go uphill for a solid half-mile stretch, at least. That's tough. And this is where we started just passing people. Because like people started people really, there's a, apparently a, a marathon strategy or half marathon strategy, probably a marathon strategy too, for a lot of people is like walk all the uphills. Yeah. So people just like mm. jog and then they walk uphill because yeah. every uphill, I just stayed my same pace. My, I train on hills luckily. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I always just push hills. So mm. when I get to a hill, my because pace you want to be done. You're supposed to. That's, hill, that's yeah. the way that they t- the relax. way they really tell you is push up the hill and then regenerative break yourself yeah. down the hill. So down hills I like recover and then up hills I lean yeah. into the hill, short my stride and push. Yeah. So my pace typically goes up up hills. So there was a few times that I like that 50 foot buffer. I would like close it and I, on the uphill. I was like, I need to just slow down. It was very hard for me to slow down. Yeah, you gotta mm-hmm. just get. You're because just dying just when you're on that hill. You gotta get up. Um, so we were passing there. a lot of people on every uphill at the start because eventually once you got to like mile five or so five or six then like now everyone's kind of in their pace is what it seemed like so mile four we go down then we go uphill and about mile five i get to like mile 4.75 probably by the course one mm-hmm. like the way like where the signs are um if i had to guess and my watch goes off and tells me i ran five miles i was like huh that's interesting like it's telling me that early and then like uh, i ran like another probably 0.1 mile phone goes off in my ears tells me i ran five miles so it like tells you mile five complete mm-hmm. your pace all that and then probably another point one is where the actual mile five sign is I was like i wonder why my watch and my phone did that like i wonder mm-hmm. I'm, I'm off from the course well that would end up being the like probably the hardest mental part of the whole thing because it got worse and worse and worse oh, so like by the time like mile six i would like my watch would go off and say six miles in and I'm no the the actual mile official mile sign is nowhere in sight. And I'm like, so my, my watch would be like, and I'd look and it'd tell me like my pace on my watch. And then like, you know, 100, 200, 300 feet later, my phone would tell me my pace and mile sign is still sucks. nowhere in sight. That sucks. Dang. So I started like around mile, around mile six or seven, two things happened. First off, I realized like I'm about to do this because my legs felt great. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I've paced myself well. Like I, I could actually start pushing if I want. I feel great right now. So I realized I was about to do it. So I started like getting excited because I could like be like, man, it's gonna be so cool when I finish and see Liz standing out there and like I actually gonna do it. But then the secondary thing is I was like, how long is this course gonna be? Right. Because like what what am I in for right now? Because someone mm. the night before on Discord had told me that they mapped out this thing and they said it was like 14 and a half miles. So just be prepared. I was like, that can't be right. They yeah. they mapped it out wrong. But then now six and a half, like I'm about halfway into this race. And I'm wondering, like, was that person right? <laughs> like, what am I? So then I'm like, on, on one hand, I'm like really excited because I'm like, I'm about to do this. Like, I'm halfway and my legs mm-hmm. feel incredible. Like, no pain, no, like, they don't even feel tired yet. That's mm. awesome. And, but the other side of my mind's like, okay, but you might have to go like an extra mile, mm-hmm. like act, literally an extra yeah, mile, not yeah. actually, like, not metaphorically. But because, like, going into it, I, and last week, obviously, if it wasn't for y'all, I might have dropped out, but. I was I was okay with walking when I showed up to that line. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I didn't like that I was okay with walking, but I was. I was mm-hmm. like, Hunter, you just got to finish this one. Mile seven, seven and a half. I'm getting close to the turnaround point. I'm like, I'm not walking. Like, there's no shot. Like, I I can do mm-hmm. this. I'm not gonna walk. That's my goal now. Is I'm not gonna walk. So then, at, um, mile eight was the turnaround point. There's a drum line there. I think actually that mile eight hill <coughs> you ran. So it was kind of brutal the way they did it mile like seven and a half or so you go down this big hill then it levels then you go down a big hill and then you run up a hill and at the peak of that hill is the turnaround and you turn around and then you run back down and then when you run back up this big hill at the peak of that hill is when you've completed mile eight i think when i ran back up that hill is when i finally passed the one dude i was pacing myself with because from mile eight to like mile 11 there was there's a few people behind me 
But then there was the uh, the one girl that I said, like, there was that yeah. guy, the girl, and then me. It was me behind her. I was, like, 50 feet behind her. And then there was no one in front of her mm-hmm. at all. And so then I was like, if I pass her, I have to pace myself. You're in no man's land. But what ended up happening, so I was running... I'll read you my mile paces up to this point. 1049 mile one, 1039 two, 1044, 1052, 1024. This is when like I started pacing myself with her instead of him. 1024, 1029, mile seven, 1017, mile eight, we passed him, 1034, mile nine, 1021, mile 10, 958. So mile 10, I finished it. I finished mile 10 and that's also like now I'm in no now I'm in new territory for this me. is what I this is what I want to hear about these last three miles yeah. those are the that's what I want to so hear about mile 10 that miles you've never ran before the water stations were like every two miles so mile 10 again my watch and my phone which you just read from my phone go off and mile 10's markers nowhere in sight so my watch went off and my watch told me I was at like 945 pace I was like that's not good Hunter Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, but I like, again, there's no one near us in mm-hmm. front of this girl. So if I, if I, if she leaves, then I'm pacing myself, which yeah. means my legs still felt pretty good. They were starting to like feel a little heavy, but they mm-hmm. still weren't hurting or anything yet. Um, but I was like, if she, if I lose her, I'm pacing myself. If I passed her somehow, I'm pacing myself. So like, I have to stay with her. So I was at 9.58 is what my, he- my headphones go off, 9.58. I know there's a water slash Gatorade station at mile 10. But mile 10's nowhere in sight. My, I've, I, in my mind, have completed mile 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is as far as I've ever ran, but I, I, I don't see the mile marker anywhere. So I keep running, keep running. It was probably a quarter of a mile till I got to the mile 10 marker in the aid station. And at this point, like, my body just wanted Gatorade. So I was that like, is so defeating to run that long, like past what you. Oh, it was it was a, it was brutal. I That's wish really defeating. I wish I didn't have like notifications. Yeah, because like if I was just running by the mile markers, mm-hmm. right. I'd been feeling fine. Yeah, because really a quarter mile when you're ten miles in wasn't that much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was depressing when you're like I've got three point one more miles so according defeating. to my phone, yeah. but I just ran another quarter mile of that, and yeah. I'm not even at ten mile yet. <clears throat> so I drank some Gatorade, which was like the first time I've ever drank Gatorade during a run. But I was like, I've had Gatorade my whole life. It's, this isn't going to mess me up. And it didn't. And so then I ran mile 10. And she's luckily, I think she must have messed up too because she slowed down, which was great for me because I was like, I need to slow down. But I, again, didn't want to have to pace myself because yeah. I also didn't want my pace to drop too much. Yeah. And then I like, I screwed myself the other way. Mm. So she slowed down. So luckily I got to slow down, ran mile 10. And then mile 11, you go like up to this hill or no, when you finish mile 11, Finishing mile 11, my legs were definitely like starting to get pretty heavy. And um, there was this one dude I noticed before the race. He was wearing like Air Force, like an Air Force squadron or whatever it's called, like crew neck. The dude's legs were built like Saquon Barkley. Like the yeah. dude looked fit as all get out. Like I looked at him, I was like, holy crap. Like you knew he wasn't going to win. He wasn't a runner. Mm-hmm. But you could tell like this dude didn't mess around. Yeah. Like he probably had like 5% body fat. And I was like, dang. So he started in front of me and he went out at probably like a nine minute pace. Like he, I, he was gone. I was right next to him when we started. He was gone. Well, around mile 11, he's cramping on the side of the road. And I like jog past him. I like looked at him. I'm like, some just aren't built for it. Man. Well, no, I, I was like, like oh, frick. Like if that, it was a moment because like everyone else I was passing, like they, they looked like me. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like a yeah. like, oh, shoot, I just passed an athlete. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't like I wasn't in uncharted territory of I was mm-hmm. like, holy cow. And, you know, anyone can cramp. So I'm not saying anything about this dude. But like when I when I saw him cramping, then I was like. I need to really make sure I'm hydrated and stuff. I took my first gel at mile five, second gel at mile nine, um, which I planned to take my second gel at mile 10, but I was just like wanting to make sure that I didn't get to yeah. where I was depleted. And then, so I just took the gel mile early in mile nine. So, so when I got to like mile 11 and I see this dude cramping, I don't have anything on me if I cramp. Mm-hmm. So if I cramp up, basically I have to make it to the next aid station, which is mile 12. I'm like, oh okay. crap. So I'm like, look, I looked at that dude and that was like a, frick realization of i was like my legs are starting to feel kind of like heavy kind of like achy like it wouldn't surprise me if i cramped at this point yeah and so i just like was like screw it get that out of your mind keep going so i just like kept going but like it was in the back of my mind like do not cramp hunter but there's nothing you can do to stop cramp and so then we get to mile 11 finishes and mile 12 starts and i know at the end of this mile big hill are these cramps in your legs that I, you're saying i'm not cramping yet but I just feel this is t- what you're nervous about yeah is cramps in your legs. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so I'm like starting to feel tight. My legs are feeling heavy. I can tell my body's never done this before at this point. Okay. Like it doesn't feel like, like my body's shutting down or anything, but it's, it's getting a lot harder to get my legs to keep going at the pace I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so I run uh, up a hill. Um, the hills, the elevation profile, I think that what happens is like, the other thing that made this race brutal a little bit was the first several miles you're in beautiful downtown Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah. Lots to look at. Mm-hmm. Right. Mile four till mile basically 11 and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, probably right at 12. You're just in the woods. Yeah. Mm. And it's on a trail that's, that's like three thing wide. Three people <clears throat> wide. So what also made that tough was, first off, back to the guy who won, mile five, we're on this like little bridge that goes across a lake. So I'm five miles in, which is... I was about 50 minutes or so. And that was about the mile, like, I guess it would be like mile 11 on the way back out somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. That's when I see this dude. Okay. But with that, so he, he blitzes by us and like the people around me, like everyone all, that was racing on our side, we're obviously all going slow compared mm-hmm. to him. Everyone just starts cheering. Cause like we, I'd never seen someone run that fast. And plus he's 11 miles into this thing. So he flies by us. But then what that meant was the rest of this, Thing. like he, was, he probably had like a minute or two minute lead on the next person but once you get to that person the rest of this trail until we get to the turnaround point there's people on both sides mm-hmm. and it's only three person wide mm-hmm. so the people That's on the, annoying well, the people on the left like pretty much everyone was at least seemed to be in the same understanding as me is like i would hit some people who were like walking or going really slow but if there were people on this side that were trying to pass you obviously gave them priority because yeah. like they're actually racing for something. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying for a time. They're trying to like. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm just here to finish. Mm-hmm. They're racing for something. Like yeah. they're running six minute pace. So for a solid chunk of it, like peep you, like the dude I was pacing myself with would pass someone, and then me and the girl would be like stuck behind someone else. Yeah, and then she would pass, and then I'm stuck, and then I would pass, and then you'd have to like kind of speed up to get back to your that, pace. So it was just speed up, slow down. Yeah, that, so that's it was tough. a little brutal. That's and tough. then, but once you turn, once you hit the eight mile mark and turn around then you were kind of the one that was given priority. Yeah. So like there's yeah. a few people cause like around mile like seven, seven or eight on slowly, but surely people just started walking. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Yep. it just started chipping down to like, you were just, if you were passing someone, they were walking. Yeah. And like everyone was walking at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then anyways, for me, I get to like mile 11 still, the only time I stopped and walked was through the aid station. When I drank the Gatorade. Mm-hmm. That was it. I stopped, drank my Gatorade, threw it down, and kept going because I didn't want the chance of spilling Gatorade all over myself. Didn't want to be sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, Who does? And then mile 12, I like run 11. You like go down this hill and then you get to the bottom. Completed mile 12 mm-hmm. on the course. Mile 12 on my phone, on my watch, completed like 100 feet after I finished mile 11. So I was like, watch, phone, I'm ignoring at this point. Screw them because they're wrong. But you've completed mile twelve and you have your last mile left. Well, mile, so I get mi- to the bottom 1. of the hill. Three miles, right? Thirteen point one. So I get to mile thirteen point one. So you're basically at your last mile. So I have like another mile left. What's so going? To, what, what's at your head going into this mile? Well, now I'm kind of like, I, I, my head's not in the race. I'm just okay. like, I don't know where my head's at. To be honest okay. with you, I was kind of bla- blacked out. You're on autopilot. It was, yeah. It was like a, it was like the dark part of the race. Okay. Like it's no, you, see that's what that's what I want to like know. It's like you fighting yourself. Okay. Because like I was fighting the urge to walk because yeah. my legs are extremely heavy. Okay. Uh, they were starting to ache. My my cardio, my breathing, all of that was fine. Like I was breathing through my nose pretty much the entire race. Mm. But my heart rate was starting to like go up because I was having to push myself harder. And you were hitting the early part of the race, like mile three to like six, was really hilly. And then you mm-hmm. had like one hill at seven eight, but that meant mile. 10 to like 12 was really was hilly. hilly. Uh-huh. So like I'm in the midst of all this, this hilly part. Mm-hmm. And I know that like every hill I go up, I'm like, that's one last, one less one I have to do now. Mm-hmm. Like I've already done this hill. I just did it a second time, but I get to mile 12 and it's at the golf course. And I mean, the hill is like, it was like the Lake Vista hill. Yeah. Like it was, it was an intense hill. And I, I, so I started going up it and I got like a hundred feet up it. And I just like had this moment where I was like, if I run up, I can make it up this hill. I think, but if I make it up this one, there's still like three more hills that aren't as bad as this one. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to walk across the finish line. So I was like, I can walk now up this hill or I can try to make it up this hill and I might I might cramp or something because like there wasn't much downhill left. It was yeah. like up, flat, up, flat, little down, and then up, and then you're at the finish line. Mm-hmm. 
So I knew it was just literally all, all uphill to the finish. And I was like, so I got maybe 50 feet, 100 feet into the hill, something like that. And then I was like, no. And so I let myself walk. I'm proud of you. From, uh, it was probably like a 200, 250 feet up the hill. I don't know. I mean, not elevation wise, but like the rest of the hill. Mm-hmm. So I walked up that and then that's when I lost the girl. She just kept going. So now I had no one now, but there's a lot more people that were also walking at this point. So now we're back like in a crowd. And so then I got to the top of that hill. And then what was nice about the top of that hill is I jogged and I went down and there was another decently big hill. And I was like, I, I let myself walk. I'm not walking anymore. And when I got like halfway up that hill, you could see a corner. And then there was a woman standing there at halfway up this hill. And she said, hey, when you get to that corner, you're quarter mile out. I was like, okay. So then you could like see it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, quarter mile. That's only yep. like two and a half minutes of running. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so close. But you're still like, at that point I was probably 0.4 out. But once you knew, like, oh, a quarter of a mile, yeah. it's just kind of how your mind starts working. Right. Like, a quarter mile is it. Like, I'm, I'm basically there. And then I got to the corner, and they're like, hey, when you see that, that person right down there, he's point one out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, point one, I'm here. I've done it. So then I ran, like, slightly down to him, and then you get to him, and he's, like, top of the hill right there. That's the finish. You're like, oh, my word. I've made it. And so then you run up Fortitude Hill. Fortitude Hill, joke. Joke of a hill. <laughs> that was the easiest hill on the whole thing. It was, like, a little incline like this that lasted for maybe point one mm. maybe mm-hmm. and then you ran up that and you turned the corner and there was the finish line and liz and luca were sitting right next to the finish line so once i turned the corner then i was like wow there it is i've done it and i finished the race and obviously i had warned liz before i was like i don't know what shape i'm gonna be in after this race like mm-hmm. i just want to finish i prop we had a three-hour drive home after i was like do not expect me to drive mm-hmm. i was like sitting in the car for that long alone sounds terrible mm-hmm after that that long of a run and so i finished and i was like let me go get walk in and get like i need water i want pizza they also had like muffins and bananas so i got like a some pizza muffin a banana and a bunch of water came back out and drinking she's like how are you feeling i was like my legs feel like surprisingly good right now like i can't mm-hmm. feel them but they, they feel <laughs> but numb, they don't hurt too bad but i don't feel any pain mm-hmm. like like my knees hurt to bend a little bit like they were starting to get like a little tight but i don't feel any like pain like i thought i'd be like limping at this point yeah and so she's like well can you like do you feel like you can drive like it'd be good if we could like get to richmond which is like an hour away before we ate lunch like can you drive to richmond i was like yeah i can i can drive an hour Mm -hmm. yeah like that's probably no problem so we get in the car and we start driving and i didn't really stretch that much after the race and i thought i would regret that well around richmond luca falls asleep Mm -hmm. and so liz is like we can't stop for lunch (laughs) no i I understand So she's like, well, let's just drive to Charlottesville, which is another hour. Yeah. So then at that point, I'm like, I got to drive two hours. So we drive two hours. So we get to Charlottesville. We pull in to Torchy's Tacos and I parked the car and like I was terrified because mm-hmm. like sitting there, I didn't feel bad at all. But, but you know, as like, soon as you had to straighten those I legs told, back out. <laughs> what I told Liz, like what you're probably about to see is I'm going to open this door. I'm going to step out and you're going to see me collapse. Yeah. Like I'm probably going to go to use my legs and not going to work. And so I opened the door and I, I swung my legs out. I'm like, oh boy. And I stood up. I felt great. Dang. Like wow. they, felt, they felt incredible. I was like, what is that? Dude, what is you're happening? A beast. And so we walked into Torchies. I got a trailer park, got a trashy, of course. Two trailer parks, trashy. Trashy. And then um, <laughs> got some chips. We walked over to Duck Donuts, got some Duck Donuts. It's awesome. And then I That's got in the car, day. drove home. Still felt good. The rest of the day, I felt fine. So we got home probably around like five or six, and we just kind of stayed around the house the rest of the night. Then we went to bed, and then I woke up Sunday morning, and there was the pain. <laughs> Sunday morning I like woke up and I it, I woke up probably at like 3 a.m. because Luke was crying and Liz was like can you heat him up a bottle I'm like yeah and then I went to roll over and everything hurt yeah mm. I was like oh my gosh and Liz was like what I was like I I'm in so much pain I went to stand up and like bones I didn't know existed were hurting I was popping <laughs> it was bad and so I when I got up at like 6 30 on Sunday the first thing I did is I just stretched and I used that massage gun, especially my mm-hmm. quads were my yeah. quads and my IT band were on fire. Mm-hmm. But once I massaged them out um, and stretched a lot, I stretched for probably like 30 minutes. Then we went to church and walking into church, I felt, I felt a little sore, right. but I was fine. And then come Monday, I felt like back to normal. I mean, you're built for this. Dang. That's what I told Jason. Jason, have uh, you been on a run? I've not went on a run. Well, okay. I picked up Liz's head cold Sunday, mm-hmm. which Lizzie got a cold okay. Friday. I've got a little mm-hmm. bit of a head And cold. so I was like terrified I was going to wake up Saturday sick. Yeah, yeah. Woke up Sunday a little sick. So I was like, well, luckily it made it. Um, so now I'm like, my body's recovered from the head cold completely. I just have like a little bit of like, I'm stuffed up as you can probably hear. 
So I'll probably go for a run on tomorrow or Friday. Dang, dude. Um, I'll probably I might wait till Saturday and just run like five miles on Saturday and just see where I'm at, see where I'm feeling. Dang, dude. But uh, that's crazy. I asked. I like was telling all this to Jason, and um, because Jason was asking, because Jason's ran multiple marathons, half marathons, a half Ironman. He's done all kinds of stuff. He's a man. And so he was like asking me how the race went. I explained it all to him. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he asked me like how my soreness was after, and I explained to him. He goes. Yeah, he goes, okay, so you're making it all up. Or he said something like that. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you were ready. Like, your body was fully ready for that race. He's like, because, mm-hmm. like, you recovered in, like, a day and a half. Well, you've been training for yeah, it. you were But, ready. like, I That's didn't I tried to explain going to into you. it, I just didn't feel ready. And now... You know what, now, though. The it was the thing, unknown. It was the unknown. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself for finishing it, mm-hmm. but the only thing that I'm a little upset at myself at, now that I'm done, I definitely could have ran up that hill. You didn't know that. Now that I'm done, I 100 percent done because you know now that your legs can handle it. But you didn't know that. Because like Like, realistically, body wise, I once I finished the race, I probably had another mile or two in me. Like I probably could have done. You never know though if it was asked to me. It's totally the but at the at the bottom of that hill, I just let my mind win. What if I just pranked you and I just took that hoodie that you have and it said I finished on Fortitude Hill and then I wrote with Sharpie underneath it, but I walked a little. (laughs) I would would accept it. I honestly, I am so jealous. That sounds like the best. That is awesome. Yeah, so that um, that inspired me. That made me. That made me me, miss running so much. It made me feel like running was fun. It made me excited for the next. Well, that's why that like race days are what makes running fun because you the the sense of accomplishment. And I've only ever I've never even done the half marathon. It makes me want to run again so bad. I just wish that my ankles would cooperate. Yeah, because mile so mile twelve to thirteen, I ran a twelve minute pace because that's the mile I walked. Mm. And so my my pacing would have been a little better. Like I probably would have been like around a ten thirty ish if I didn't have that one twelve minute mile in there. But so I I was ten thirty eight. I'm happy with it. I was proud of it for my first first half marathon. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like my ankles are getting slightly better. Like as I press on them. They don't hurt too bad. I think I, Maybe this I think summer I learned, I'll try and get back into it. I just don't want to get hurt again. I think I learned what's what would motivate me, and I still I, I still don't know if it's going to be my thing just to go out and run. I I think I'd like for it to be, but what could get me into it is that yesterday when I was running for our workouts, it made me so excited how much better I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's what would push me because like just the feeling of like for our last like 200 meters we were running i i could kick it into another notch and sprint just yeah. for the fun and for I'm, i was uh-huh. i mean i'm working out with some friends so just the laughs of running past some of them and sprinting the, and like but i'm able to do that yeah. the rest of the workout i did after that sucked but like able to do that it made me like excited about running and like whenever you were saying that like talking about running just then hunter it made me excited to go out and the, run again just because i knew i could do better now yeah. than i yeah. did uh, two weeks ago. Well, that's what, like, when I was, when I first started running. But I still don't think I could run a full mile without walking. But, like, that's how you got to start. Because, like, with, yeah. um, because when we first started, when we were doing the running club, um, you we, even started with us. We were doing a I mile. We were doing a mile three times a, a week. A mile three times a week. And, uh, it, and was, it was brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal. We started and then in the we summer. got to, like, two miles. And I remember I texted Trevor the first time, like, I got to, like, a nine-ish minute pace for two miles. It was, yeah, like, Yeah, it was a big deal. And, like, now, well, because like that's sometimes you get like, I can look at like I just pulled up the winner right, and I can look at this dude. First off, there's a picture of him. I won't put show him on uh, the internet, but I'll show Trevor right now, and then I'll show. This is this is the face I'm talking about. Look at this dude. That's awesome. That's the dude that won. That guy. First is off, look awesome. at his leg. Yeah. Oh, I, the screenshot it and send it to me. Um, this I, dude is no joke. But that, big, but um, you can look at someone like him, and I can be like. He he finished an hour and twenty minutes faster than me, yeah. right? But I can look at like my first um my first like long runs, <laughs> I like was running at a twelve minute pace, like that was my whole long yeah. run. It was like I went out at a twelve that, minute pace, and like that for that was what like this race, that was what I was like most disappointed in is I had a mile at a twelve minute pace. Yeah, and like so ten thirty eight is like slow for me now. Well, not for a half marathon. That's yeah, the fastest I've ever ran. Heck really yeah. Good. But um, it's like slow for me now, but like that nine minute for two miles, I've now ran a 10K at a nine minute pace. I And like stuff like that is, it's it's similar to golf and disc golf mm-hmm. where like it's a individual sports like that. There is so many people won that half marathon. 
Right. Because like for yeah. me, yeah. I, I That's won the best thing about I running. finished my first one ever. Mm-hmm. So many other people won because they set their PRs. Endu- yeah, mm-hmm. endurance sports, the reason why they are so awesome is that everybody, like when you, like I've been to an Ironman before, not that I was uh, involved in it, but everybody that crosses that finish line just won, which is like, yeah. obviously there's a winner, but like it is just a, it's you versus your own body and your own mind. Like you'll really. see the first person come in and then the hundredth person and just will, might be crying even more. Right. Than the first and and, well, the, um, and it's just the best. And like when you are able really to, cool. the biggest thing about running is like, it's important. That's why it's important to like push yourself with it because like, yeah, if you just stay running three miles every single time, yeah, you might get a little bit faster, but you're not going to be super psyched about it. But if you just try to push yourself, like I'm going to run four. And then, like the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna run five. Like you, and you figure out you can do it. I think you, it's more like it's, it's like, so inspiring it's so that feeling of whenever you're running, and you're think you're at a point where, just a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, you would have been dying, or you would have been like, I need to walk, and you're like thinking in my head, I think, but I think I have more though. That is like that is what is really inspiring to me is whenever I'm like. I think I have more. I think I can sprint the rest of this. I think I, yeah. or I, th- you know what? I ran faster this 200 meters than the last 200 meters. And it, like, it's a mental battle for that's sure. That's what, uh, I used to run with that like Nike, Nike run club and they would have like a coach in your ear. Yeah. And I thought it was the dumbest thing I ever heard. The first time I heard it, it was on like one of our like four or five yeah. miles run, uh, four or five mile runs with them. And I was like running through a tough park. See, they always explained the third quarter is the hardest part of the run. Because like once you get mm. past the third quarter, then you can see the finish line metaphorically. Like you're like I can taste it. For a ha- for my half marathon, that wasn't completely true because the fourth quarter was when I was in unknown territory. Uh-huh. But for most runs, it's true. It's like mm-hmm. when I'm running ten miles and I get to mile seven and a half, I'm like oh I'm almost home. Uh-huh. But then mile like five to seven and a half is a brutal stretch, mm-hmm. and that's when you like run your slowest. You're like, you're like I can't believe I just now finished finished the halfway like, I point. Just turned around. I'm toast. And so what they would tell you is like they're like make yourself smile because smiling like reduce re- releases different like endorphins yeah. and it'll like trick your mind. I love Probably the coaches see. dude. And so I, I like, so I thought that was the dumbest thing, but on one of those runs, I was in a dark place. I was running really slow. My legs hurt. And I was like, frick this dude. And I was like, you know what? I'll smile. And so I smiled and sure enough, you just felt better. dude. Yeah. Like, and so on this half marathon, when I got to like the halfway point, I was a actually excited at that point. Cause I was like, wow I feel really good and B I was like the rest of this way I need to smile as much as I can because like that's going to make me feel better so yeah. when I got to like mile 11 I didn't I was again I was starting to get into a dark place and I like tried smiling but I was like <laughs> eh, but like <laughs> once I like there's a few times where like the smile worked like smile every worked. once in a while you'll you'll hit you smile and you just feel this like wave of energy <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I, like, did, I, I just remember finishing better. I remember finishing some of those runs on that using that app and just being so dead and be like that wasn't even that fast and then that coach would hop on there and be like hey man sick run be like you know what you could have stayed inside today but you won the day you got out there and you yeah. kicked that runs button I was like I did man I won the day today the I, I got here and ran those things got me fired up the other thing that the coach on there said at one point um, that I still like think through when I'm running is it was during one of the like I think it was during a 5k it was like you're trying to set your PR for your 5k okay um and so during the last stretch obviously if you're trying to set your PR for a 5k you're pushing yourself really hard during that last like mile and he said something about like during this stop thinking about your pace think about what are your feet doing now think about what your knees are doing now think about what your arms are doing now think about your breathing and like when I focused on that, because like when I was trying to set this uh, PR for my 5K, mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I was on a really hilly thing. I was actually in Tennessee, but I was running up this hill. And when I did that, it made my mind shift away from like, this sucks. I hate my life right now. It is crazy. To dude. like, what are my legs doing? Yeah. And so that's another thing. Like when I was got to like mile um, 12 after when I was running down those next few hills, that was what I told myself. I was like, all right, what are your feet doing? And then once I started thinking about it, like, I was like, how do my, like, my my mind says I'm about to die. Yeah. And then I was like, what do my legs actually feel like? It's literally And then so I like crazy. started writing, like, my legs really actually don't feel that it, bad it, if I think about it. It is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how you can feel, like, tired in your legs. But if you really, like, can't make your mind switch to, like, no, it's not that big of a deal. And, like, really focus on how it actually feels. Yeah. You find out, you're like, it's this really isn't even that, that painful. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, this isn't really that painful. Like, your body's real limit is when your body stops like it shuts down your mind shuts down way before your body. <laughs> exactly oh so that's much, what so much. that's the like i used to hate running with a passion when we started running i was like this 
I'll never be a runner. But what I loved about it is once you got to like longer runs, you realized how much you can actually do versus how much your mind thinks you can do. Because like so many of the long runs, I would get to like a point and my mind was like, like when I do a long run, I do it out and back. Somebody just called and hung up on me from Rock Hill. And so I'd be like four and a half miles out or something where I'm like trying to come back home and I like just turned around or I might be on like an eight mile run. I got like three miles in and my mind is like, dead mm-hmm. but then i can like if i just start thinking a lot about like well your legs actually feel fine and your heart rate's low and you're breathing fine like you're breathing through your nose right now you're completely fine what like you're just bored hunter mm. like you, you have 30 minutes left right. you're just bored boredom it, yeah that's honestly They're calling what, you again do uh, i answer this it's from rock hill not on not on air you don't we'll just end the podcast anyways we're an hour right. in but your, your mind stops you way before your body does i was gonna say really quick that that sounds just like Something that I just read in, in uh, the book I'm reading, which is The Boy and His Horse in the yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, because, so basically, this horse uh, in the book, his name is Bree, and he's a Narnian horse, so he's a talking horse. Like, he's like a smart horse. But he was captured and enslaved to the, um, one of, like, one of the other cities that's not a free land like Narnia. And so he's been a, a slave war horse for, like, his whole life. And it's been like the fastest horse in the fleet, all this stuff. Well, he eventually escapes and wants to go to Narnia and to be a free horse. And this, this little boy is like riding on his back and everything. At one point, they're like running, trying to outrun an army that's behind them. And you hear like the whole like narration of like what's going on in everybody's head and stuff like that. And like in Bree's head, he's running as fast as he can. But in Shasta, the little boy's head that's on that's on his back, he thinks... I think that if there was, in, instead of me on the horse's back, letting the horse go as fast as it wants, if there was a slave owner on top, like if there was the, like the this horse's slave owner on top mm-hmm. of its back, whipping him and tell, making him go faster, he would realize that his body actually has much more capability than his mind is l- willing to let him go, which is what you just said. And so what ended up happening was they ended up getting chased by lions, and then the horse realized that it could run faster. And kicked in the next gear. And kicked in the next gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next up... uh think the goal is uh brody jason hopefully trevor myself and uh kyle we're gonna try to run well we're not gonna try we're gonna run a marathon about a year from now wow which is terrifying because i think of like i finished that half marathon and that'd be lap one dang <laughs> i'd be like all right do it again that's crazy so we'll see think, we'll see think brody's legs can handle that yeah brody's st- brody's excited for that it. was that was my wife's grandparents calling me to sing me happy birthday <laughs> i now i wish you would have answered on basically it. Yeah. the sweetest thing ever they uh they live in south carolina although i didn't realize they were they live in uh new Bern. uh-huh yeah so i didn't i that's not super close to rock hill I don't so i don't know why it, it came probably just rock the same hill. area code yeah because like my area code i would, oh. would say i'm calling you from roanoke fair enough all right well there it is that's the banter do we need to make a Great sound job Gosh, dude. I'm, I mean, there's like a 0% chance I don't run today at at what cost of my legs. I, I have to. Because Kenzie went for a run yesterday, and it was real nice out, and I was very jealous. It I'm, was. Dude, I'm, I'm like, so I'm, we I'm took in the, the dog park yesterday. Great I might time. just force myself to, to run, to just injure it's myself. It's the worst thing to do on your ankles. It Although, does, you, it, you've been, you've rela- you've rested your ankles for far, well, far so, too long at this well, point. Well, but the thing is, so. Get when, back on the horse. When I, when I. No, when I go to the gym, I warm legs. up with a jog, but I never go more than a mile. But I, I jog like, so I jog a few times a week, but like when I press on my ankles, I'm not really feeling the pain. If you don't feel the pain, you're ready. Every once in a while, I feel like I feel a twinge, but if you don't feel the mind. pain, you're ready for the game. I, I, I am fully prepared to get back out there running. I love running. When I'm fully prepared, it. your ankles are in shambles. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Yeah. I need a diagnosis. I'm going to get, uh, get a Garmin watch. Dude, I yeah, wanna, fish I wanna, finder. I want a Garmin too, just for the body battery joke. Honestly, I don't even want it for the body battery joke. I want it for the body battery. Period. I want. I want to <laughs> be able to. Although I feel like after seeing Brody use the body battery, I feel like it might be a psychological warfare situation. I kind of feel that way because too. it can't I feel be. Like that can't it be might not be that me. accurate, and then you're gonna be like, "I'm only on twenty percent. No but wonder I suck today." Yeah, I does, feel like it's an easy excuse. But what it does is it'll like it, it uses your like sleep and all of that to then recommend what work, what like running workout you should do that day. Yeah, so like I could wake up and look and be like, I wanna, "Oh, I, I sleep." I like feel crash. like it just That's allows an, you to justify being. Yeah, a I want to suffer though. I feel like it justifies you being a baby in a butthead. Yeah, I watch those videos, man. 
I edited them. <laughs> I mean, it was mostly ironic, though. We were yeah, kind of just. I do want one, though. I do. I like the Garmin's a lot. Garmin, if you're listening, man, we send them. Send, send them. them our way. Brad, if you're listening, get them to send them. Connor, what noise do we make? Um, we're gonna make the sound of. Here, I got. Let's one. do our impression of Brody uh, looking his at his body Chucky's battery. Body. Yeah, that's Is what, that what you're gonna say, <laughs> Connor. Uh, not good, man. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make this happen. Um, I'm at 39% right now. Like, oh, dark horse, man. Body battery's juiced right now. Only at 37%. It's only 10 a.m. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not throwing far. Body battery's only at 35%. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's wait. We gotta start doing impressions more often. That's yeah, funny. That is funny. 